Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Third Degree Burn. My name is Nigel Spink, the Burn fan in Japan. But I am not alone because over there, and by over there I mean across the Pacific, is my co-host. Hello. Hello, John. Hello, I'm John Hyatt and I am here in sunny San Diego and it is indeed Sunny. Oh, that sounds nice. It well, is. The sun is out here too, but it's I'm sure it's not as warm as it is over there. <laughs> <laughs> Temperature's oh. about nine here. Mm-mm. Oh my, yeah. No, we're, uh, <laughs> we're doing quite much better than that. Okay, yeah. Good. So, how are you today, John? I'm great. Happy New Year. We're recording yes. this after the New Year, 2024. Right. Yeah, Happy New Year. And today we are going to be taking a look at X-Men The Hidden Years, issues 6 and 7. And I believe that you are going to go first with issue 6, John. I do have issue 6, and I have a little write-up, well, courtesy of uh, Marvel yes. and uh, other interest, other bits of information for us. But um, yeah, welcome. So it's really great. It's been a while since we got together. I think our last, it's been about six weeks since we last chatted. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 But you've been active and busy with uh, Brian and Tim. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was great. That was a good episode. That's, that's true. Yeah, just after we last recorded here, yeah, I was on with Brian and Tim. Yeah, and then of course I was on with Tim again for the Christmas show. And I hear there's a new project in the works. Yes, there is. I don't know whether I should mention it yet, <laughs> <laughs> so I won't. Yeah, okay. but there is a, there is a new project coming along. Yeah. yeah. And don't didn't you have a, didn't you mention something about a new project with Brian? Sometimes? Well, we haven't finalized the details yet, but no. I think we're going to work on it at some point. Okay, so. is that still hush hush too? Is it? Oh, not necessarily hush hush, but just you know, we don't have the details yet, and we're not quite sure how we're going to do things, and it's just been busy, busy end of the year for yeah. us. Okay. Oh. Great. Well, shall we get on with the, the issues? Yes, let's have a look. That sounds fantastic. So I yeah. have X-Men Hidden Years number six, mm-hmm. released or cover dated May 2000, released in March 8th, 2000. The, uh, it's got a really nice, uh, I still have my physical copy that I bought, uh, and uh, it's got a beautiful little cover here, a storm flying up. With the X, the original X Men in the background, and I got to tell you that I was a little bit surprised when uh, this came about. But we'll talk about that later. In the meantime, mm-hmm. the writer, penciler, and letterer duties were handled by John L. Byrne himself. Inker by Inker was Tom Palmer, colorist Gregory Wright, and the editor was Jason Liebig. Okay. Cover art uh, was by John Byrne. And since there was no one else, I imagine that he inked it as well. And uh, so. Okay. What about 
Do you have any record of anything else by Byrne that was on sale or out at the same time? As a matter of fact, I do, courtesy of Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Yeah. Uh, also by Byrne in the March of 2000. So I, I took the entire month. So um, he only had three issues that I could find. Okay. Spider-Woman 11, Amazing Spider-Man 17, yeah. and Marvel, The Lost Generation 10. Uh-huh. Now, some rumblings uh, in the third degree bullpen is that at some point we are going to cover the lost generation, but uh, not quite sure what the timeline is for that or who's interested in covering that bit. I haven't read it yet. So, you know, that might uh, come along perhaps in the summer or later in the fall, depending on uh, people's schedules and all that. But it is yeah. uh, been bandered about a little bit as something that we should probably touch on. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, I, uh, I'd, I'd forgot about that, actually, uh, that that existed until I saw, I think somebody posted a cover. I think Hello? a lot of people forget about Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah somebody posted a cover, uh, and I thought, oh, yeah. And uh, I've never read it, so I don't, you know, I don't know anything much about it. Uh, I haven't read it either. And, you know, I forgot to mention that uh, now, um, and I don't have the details because I just came to my head, the X-Men Hidden Years is going to be released as an omnibus, I think, relatively soon. Mm. Mm. Uh, have you heard about that? No, uh, I wasn't aware that it was going to be released as an omnibus. I know it's been released in two, in two kind of trade paperbacks. Yeah, yeah. It was. So I just pulled it up, and Amazon says that it was released on January second, twenty twenty four. So it oh, is out there right. for anyone who wants to collect, right, yeah. uh, who hasn't had a chance to get the X Men hit in years mm-hmm. or. Uh, those elusive trades, which are very expensive, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you can get it for currently, as of this recording, uh, the list price is $100, but Amazon has it for 17% off. So uh, there may be other ways to get it. Your local comic shop, for instance, might uh, have a deal on it or have it in stock. And it collects the X-Men Hidden Years 1 through 22, uh, Fantastic Four 102 through 104 mm. and material from X-Men 1991-94. Now, we covered that. <laughs> yeah, that's, the, the, first yeah, that's the little sort of uh, preview story. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. And also Amazing Adult Fantasy number 14. Amazing Adult Fantasy. Mm. So um, now I, I'm not sure because I, I, I haven't read these since they came out. So I'm not quite sure why X-Men 102 through 104 would be collected with this. Um, but unless it has to do with their their guest appearance in the series, I do remember that the Fantastic Four did show up in the, the series. So it might have been tied into that era between 102 and 104. So they thought it was significant enough. To yeah. Omni. Um, yeah, I think. We'll find as we when we get further on in covering this run of hidden years, it's actually going to interconnect with the story that was in those fantastic four issues. 
Yeah, and I think in one of those issues, that was the the time when Lady Dorma, Submariner's uh, fiance, passed away, or wife. Was, was he married to her at that time? I can't remember. But I think it was right around those issues that she died. Oh, uh, maybe so. But I don't think it's actually one of those issues, is it? Unless it goes further. Hmm, okay. Uh, but anyway, I know there's a connection with what's going to happen later in the hidden years. John Burns kind of connecting this to the FF story that was running at that time. Originally, yeah, which okay. must be, which must be in those three issues. Uh, was it two or three issues? Uh, yeah, three issues. Three there. issues. Yeah, yeah. I've got one of them, the one that, well, the one that I thought connected mostly with what's going to be in Hidden Years, and that's the reason I bought it after I'd read the Hidden Years. Mm, interesting. But, but I didn't realize what else was sort of attached to it as well. So there must be more to it in the Fantastic Four. Mm. Yeah, well, when they show up for X-Men, Hidden Years, I'll have to, and maybe you can as well, if you have access to the other issues, we'll yeah. read those just to see how they connect. I mean, we don't yeah. have to cover them, but mm -hmm. we'll see how they interact with it. It'll mm -hmm. be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Well, let's get on. Let me do the synopsis, and then we'll right. talk about the cover and, and the story. How's that? Sounds good. Iceman, his ice covering almost completely melted, lies washed up in just his costume of trunks and boots on a beach of the Savage Land. He is saved from becoming pterodactyl food by none other than Carl Lycos, who resists the temptation to sap his mutant energy. However, and this is my personal comment, whenever <laughs> Carl is around, that won't last long before Sauron shows up. <laughs> he makes a big deal of, no, I'm not going to do this, but Sauron's back before you know it. Meanwhile, in New York, Candy Southern sits with Charles Xavier in the, uh, in the library of the school, of, in the school, and Professor X tries to find out what she wants. Byrne leaves that tease unanswered as we return to Kenya, Africa, where the beast wakes up in a tribal hunt and sees Storm and several tribes people. Storm explains that she flew under her own power to investigate beast's descent from the balloon that he flew in on. See last issue. He asked Storm if the if the storm that carried him, of course she wasn't known as Storm then, she was just Aurora. He asked mm -hmm. Aurora if the storm that carried him there was of her making. She uh, and she says originally it was, but that it was taken away from her. She dreads to think what will happen if she cannot regain control of it. Nearby, Jean searches for the unconscious Cyclops and uses her telepathy, and using her telepathy, realizes that he is not too far away, but that he is not alone. Cyclops has been approached by a new person called Deluge. Deluge is trying to figure out how, what this person is and how he can be uh, exploited. Uh, the unconscious possum or, or uh, Deluge is surprised when he opens one of Cyclops's eyes to see Cyclops' blast emanate from it. Lucky he wasn't standing over it. At Aurora's village, a red beam is seen at a distance shooting into the sky. When Beast sees it, he realizes it must be Cyclops' doing and thinks, it's just, and thinks that it is a distress single, signal. 
B starts to swing in that direction on tree vines. In the Savage Land, Havoc, Lorna, and Kazar investigate a plume of smoke in the far corner of the land and see that a sea of molten lava has destroyed a city. Again, see last issue. Seeing a crowd of thousands of displaced refugees nearby, they land their air car and Kazar tries to talk to them. However, someone throws a rock at Kazar, stunning him, so Havoc uses his powers to intimidate them. Back in Africa, Deluge is intrigued by Cyclops' power, seeing it as a source of unlimited energy, but he is interrupted by the arrival of Jean. Jean tries to attack, but she is easily tossed into a tree. Beast arrives and attacks Deluge, but Deluge defeats him as well. When Aurora attacks, Deluge scoffs at her description of herself as a goddess. Deluge turns her power back at her, knocking her unconscious. Aurora and the three X-Men awake to find themselves tied to stakes in, the, in a dry riverbed that the tribespeople had dammed up ready for Storm to fill with rainwater from the storm that she had originally conjured. Deluge uses his power to cause torrential rain from the storm, and the riverbed starts to fill with water. Beast, Jean, and Storm hold their breath as they desperately try to escape while the water rises above their heads. Back in the South Atlantic, the unconscious Angel is hauled on board a boat. Captain tells his crew to take him below and put him with, quote-unquote, the other one. They take the X-Man below and throw him in the hold on top of the unconscious da, 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 Avia. End of the story. Hi, Jay. Uh-huh. Yes. Very, yeah. Very interesting. Everybody's in trouble again. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> it seems, yeah. They're all in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Yes. What can we say? Well, well let's start uh, with the cover. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. Let's there. go back to the cover. <laughs> uh, as you said, yeah, you described the cover, a nice picture of Aurora flying upwards there. And as you say, a bit of a surprise maybe. Uh, we didn't expect to perhaps see Storm appearing in the Hidden Years stories. Um, but I thought it worked well, actually. Mm. Um, because, yeah, we all know that Professor X knew of her already. Uh, well, if we've read X-Men 117, <laughs> yes. we know that Professor X first encountered her when she was a lot younger than this. Yeah. So it only seems natural that maybe yeah, they might run into, into her. It just seems a bit odd that the Savage Land would bring them right to Africa, considering... I guess it's just hard to know where the entrances to the Savage Land are for mm-hmm. you. So. Mm-hmm. And how uh, it relates to, yeah, the globe sort of thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially considering that uh, Bobby is going down, was heading towards the Arctic yeah. or the Antarctic. Yeah, from uh, Tierra del Fuego, which is, yeah, 
Yeah, the and that's tip of South America. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. very, very far. I mean, very far from Kenya, Africa, which is mm-hmm. way up in the middle of, of the yeah. continent. Whereas yeah. if this was, if they were like arriving in South Africa, that might make a little bit more sense to me. But yeah, must have been a very strong wind. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, indeed. yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a really nice cover. And it's a great, great display of Aurora um, showing up that way. Mm-hmm. Nice all in the background, mm-hmm. shocked yeah. by her arrival, which we don't see this. That's right. Yeah, it's a yeah. issue, which is fine with me, but some people don't like when covers don't match the story for some oh, reason. Yeah, but I mean, at this time, I guess uh, they didn't know who she was. So it's just kind of showing that on their faces, isn't it? They're all like mm-hmm. mouth open. Uh, who the hell is that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I have to ask you, have you found a hidden number for issue six? I, feel, I feel very bad and not very, very good at this because no, I have not. And I looked, I looked on both my physical copy and I got a, uh, digital image of the cover so that I can ex- you know expand it and try to look closely and I yeah. I went over sections and sections and sections several times I turned it around I turned it on its side I turned it upside down I cannot find this there's a couple of places where I think there might be and uh, I, now I was looking for a 72 two yeah that's the okay. number we're looking for here. That's okay. I was hoping. Yeah. I was thinking. You know, I'm probably looking for the wrong number. Ah. But there were a couple of places where I thought it might be a seven, a two at least, but I didn't see anything that connected to a seven. Right. So okay. I'm really bad. So um, well, where is it? <laughs> this one, this one was another one of the ones that took me a long time to find. Uh. And uh, I thought I had found it. Uh, as I say, I scoured the cover many times uh, and was <laughs> like more or less ready to give up. And then I thought I'd found it. And for a while, that was it. I thought, yes, I've got this one. And then more recently, I was just looking over it again, and I think I might have found another one. Oh, really? Which is a bit strange. So they can't both be the hidden number, but I'm not sure which one it is. So let me tell you, the one I found first, and which I thought was the hidden number for a while, it's on Storm's body. Mm. I don't I don't know if this is one that you think that you'd seen. If you look underneath her right armpit, you will see a, a line that looks like a seven. Can you? Do I have to turn it upside down? Well, just to the... No, you don't need to turn it upside down. Just look at it the right way up. Just to the left of her right booby. <laughs> okay. Yeah? You see a yeah. seven? Okay, then follow the line of her body down to her waist. And mm-hmm. then over, as her hips start to go out and into the upper leg, 
do you not see another line that looks like a stylized two going yeah, down, okay. right? On the highlight, yeah. It's like under her belt, and then it goes down the leg. Yes. Okay, so I thought this was the 72. The seven on her upper body and the two going down the leg from from her waist. And I more or less convinced myself this must be it because I couldn't find anything else. Although there are some other lines on her body that you could argue are also like numbers. I mean, they're not a seven and a two, but for example, in her midriff there, there's a line that could be a five. Do you see that just below the hair? Yeah. And another stylized five, you could argue, on her left leg. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was like, now is this or not? But I was taking it that it was because, as I say, I couldn't find anything else. And then more recently, I found something else. Down at the bottom, it says, Goddess Rising. Yeah. Yep. Look just to the right of the top of the exclamation mark. Yeah, see that that's one you that will I see. Yeah, you will see something that looks like a slightly hidden seven and a two. Now that's the only one that I thought could be. Right. But, well, yeah, but, uh, the seven didn't look very pronounced enough, so I thought, well, maybe I'm just imagining it. Yeah, well, it doesn't, but I think that's because of you know where they've written "Goddess Rising" with like that 3D effect. Mm -hmm. It's actually covering up the bottom part of what would be the seven. There you are. Yeah. So. It could be either of those. It could be the one on her body or this other one. I'm, be, I, I'm beginning to think it's this one. It's this second one, actually. Because if the writing wasn't there, it would be the more appropriate place to put it. Yeah, that makes sense. If they want it to be found easily, yeah. But anyway, whichever one, yeah, they're both there. <laughs> <laughs> so one of, them, one of those is the hidden number, yeah. Very good. Whether All right. Be, yeah, whether it be on her body or on the ground there near the the exclamation mark after the word rising, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, great. So what do you yeah. think of the story overall? Yeah, it's or it's stories since there seems to be yeah, several. Yeah. It's getting interesting. They're starting to all kind of get split up and uh, moving along at different rates and paces. Uh, like you say, at the beginning there, we've got Bobby. Bobby's actually made it then to, uh, to Antarctica now and collapsed. Well, actually into the Savage Land somehow. So, yeah, yeah, into the Savage Land. And uh, then, yeah, he's obviously used up all his strength getting there. And, uh, yeah, he's about to be eaten by a pterodactyl until Carl Lycos comes along and shoes them away. Mm -hmm. Candy Southern, yeah, well, this is sort of like carrying on from the last issue as well. She's visiting the X-Mansion. And to be honest, 
I can't remember why now. We <laughs> don't know why. Why was she visit? Yeah, remember, we don't know yet. She just showed up last issue or the issue before. Yeah. yeah. Spread this out. And she got caught up in that robot. Yes. Uh, purposefully yeah, yeah. triggering the defense mechanisms of mm. the mansion. Mm. So we're not sure why. We're not sure exactly why. Other than she got that phone call from uh, Zelda. Yeah. yeah. Uh, about, yeah, Bobby sort of disappearing all of a sudden. Yeah. And the way that she's speaking to the professor, it's almost like she's going to blackmail him into something. Yeah, yeah. It seems she's up to something a bit sneaky or sinister. Yeah, mm. indeed. Mm. And he's read, he read her mind because she said, can't you read my mind as to why I'm here? Um, but he doesn't really say anything himself to let the reader know <laughs> what it is yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. So that's, yeah. that's intriguing. Yeah. What, yeah. what exactly is she up to there? Uh -huh. And then of course, yeah, we've got Beast, uh, coming to and he's he's with Aurora and the the other natives in the village. It's nice to see the beast back again as Hank McCoy properly yeah. mm. uh, properly back as Hank McCoy. I mean I I of the original X Men I did like Beast in this form. Now I love the Beast as he when he became the member of the Avengers and was the pal yeah. of Wonder Man in the seventies. Mm. I love that. How did he call himself? The bouncing, bouncing blue boy, or something like that. Yeah. Blue furry beast. Yeah. yeah, he was great. So yeah, yeah. But I like seeing this guy back. Mm. Yeah, Hank, and he's lost his glasses here as well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah, as you say. Uh, Jean is has come on to land somewhere else, and she's looking for Cyclops, who is unconscious. And that uh, that splash page is pretty spectacular, with Cyclops yeah. laid out on the ground there. Well, we're and, introduced uh, to this character Deluge. Deluge. Now, what do you think of Deluge mm. as a character? When I first saw him as I was reading this issue, uh, I thought, oh, he, he looks quite menacing. You know, why have we never heard from him before in the X-Men stories? Because he, he looks quite, yeah, daunting in his outfit. Mm -hmm. mm. He, reminds us, he reminds me of somebody else, actually. Um wearing that sort of semi-armor. And he looks like an albino, but he hasn't got red eyes, but you know, he's got this white skin. Um, but he looks like he's a native African apart from that, but he's got white skin. Would you yeah. say that's fair enough? Yeah. Mm. I think he gives us his origin story next issue, if I recall correctly. Yeah, we'll get, I think we'll learn a bit more about him. But yeah, I was. Uh, but yeah, I was. I was intrigued, and I thought, mm, this guy looks, yeah, quite powerful. 
I like the way he's playing around with uh, yeah, Cyclops's eyes when he's... And uh, you said in the synopsis, I thought the same. It's a good job he wasn't still bending over him when he opened that eyelid. <laughs> yeah. Because that Definitely. beam would have... That beam would have took his head off, yeah. Yeah, it would have. <laughs> unrestrained in any manner by yeah, zap straight up, yeah. That's uh, that's yeah, nice artwork there. And then, of course, yeah, in the village they see the red pulsing light going up, and uh, yeah, Hank thinks that must be Cyclops. It definitely looks like him. So off he goes right off away. He, yeah, Hank goes off imitating Tarzan there, swinging through the vines. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. And then we're off to. And then uh, they switch to the Savage Land Tarzan. Yeah, Kazar <laughs> with Havoc and Lorna. Mag Magnetics. Yeah, I like the way he keeps using that word, like in a in a sort of playful dig. At her, yeah, he says, you're right, Magnetrix. <laughs> she says, you know, okay, we've agreed it's a bad name. You're rubbing it in, using it every two minutes. <laughs> yeah. It is great to see her back in this costume for me, though, because I really enjoy this costume. Yeah, the Polaris uh, yeah, costume. And then they go and they find the, uh, well, what remains of the the city where the X-Men had been with Magneto, which is now pretty much submerged in lava. Mm-hmm. Mm. And these must be the former slaves of the city, probably released yeah, from the yeah. influence. The refugees who escaped over mm -hmm. the mountain when Cyclops blasted a path for them. And now they're wondering, what do we do? They mm. kind of like mm. the uh, inhabitants of the Logan's Run city after the domes were yeah. destroyed. Like, now what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't know what to do. And Kazar does his, you know, I'm in charge here a bit. <laughs> thinking, yeah, I am Kazar. And they go, Kazar who? <laughs> we don't exactly. have a lord. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's... <laughs> Who are you anyway? Yeah. And then somebody throws a rock at him. Yeah. <laughs> I love your Monty Python imitation yeah. there. Help, help. Yeah. Help, help. I'm being abused. Yeah. Kazar gets thumped with a rock on the head. <laughs> and to which Havoc thinks, well, this could get nasty. There's a lot of them. So he gives them a show of his power. And what a great panel that yeah. is. Yeah. That is a. That's the old case uh, havoc that havoc, I yeah. that I recall, and I just love those looks. And mm. it's even, you know, very reminiscent of channeling, you know, Neil Adams from the previous issues. Yes, yeah, or what would have been the previous issues. Mm -hmm. so it really captured that for me that moment, and then I'm sure Tom Palmer inking it had a big part mm -hmm. in helping that as well. Yeah, actually, talking about Neil Adams as well. Um, I like the way the panels are also reminiscent, aren't they, of that time when he was doing the X-Men before. We're getting all sorts of shapes and and sizes of panels now yep. and panels yep. on panels and things like that. And they're all and lopsided panels and just like 
he did in when he was doing the X Men before uh, uh, Neil Adams. Yeah, yeah, yeah but and that's the. To, as I say, Havoc lets fly with his powers, but that's the last we see of that for now. Yeah. So we don't know whether he's obliterated all the refugees or or what exactly he's done. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Because then we switch right back to Deluge. To, yeah, and- yeah, still playing about with Cyclops when Gene comes along, yeah. But he quickly dispenses with Jean. Yeah, she throws a few rocks at him. Mm. Um, The panel with Storm rising up there, showing up, is really a great great panel there. It reminds me of the uh, panel in X-Men 147 when Doctor Doom had encased, converted her into silver encasing and she was creating a storm subconsciously and because she was going crazy from her claustrophobia and then when she finally mm-hmm. broke three just her look there so it it really emanates the power that she has at her uh, at her ability yeah 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 i really like that that's a great panel yeah, it's nice she looks really powerful there like she looks like she's gonna sort him out Yes, but does. then he seems to yeah, dispatch her quite quickly. Just turns her power back on herself, but turns her power back on 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 Aurora, and that's it. Yep. <laughs> He's kind of caught her off guard in a way and knocks her out. Yeah, and only to wake up to be tied to a yeah, stake. To a tie, yeah, so as, as I said, this guy, yeah, his first impressions for me, I thought, gosh, this he's uh, quite formidable. And as I said, made me wonder why we'd never heard of Deluge before. Yeah, well, because mm. he was created here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but I was thinking somebody who seemed to be as powerful as this. Should have shown up. Somewhere. Surely have shown up somewhere yeah. before. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah. Oh, did you catch the Star War? Star Wars reference. Where? When Gene first approaches Deluge. Oh, probably did. But let me refresh myself real quick. Let me turn back on it and. No, I didn't. No, Deluge says impressive, most impressive. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Taken straight from Vader. There we go. Impressive. Maybe that's why he reminds you of most impressive. Yeah. And then on the next page, there's a kind of reference to Star Trek. When Hank comes in and swings and hits him. The sound effect is <laughs> Spock. Spock. <laughs> yeah. So um, Burn, Burns throwing in all these little, yeah. Things, Easter Star eggs. Trek, Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love the the old fashioned nineteen sixties Batman TV series traps to get rid of your your opponents you know 
I'll just tie you to a stake and let the water fill up and drown you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. I miss those days rather than just villains beheading just, or killing yeah, them. Yeah, just killing them. Yeah. They've got to set up some diabolical. Yeah. So there they are tied to the stake. And uh, yeah, and then Deluge just lets rip. Yeah, and the water moves and, right in. Yeah. Pretty quick, yeah. Back then we were left for 30 days with the last panel being them covered up, but... Yeah. They've gone under, and that's it. And, of course, then the last two pages we flick to somewhere else, South Atlantic. Mm -hmm. On the trawler with with a famous name, yeah. Sigurd Jarlsson. The Sigurd Jarlson. Ring any bells with you? That doesn't actually. No? Really? Okay. Sigurd Jarlson is a name that Thor will use as an alternative. Or did use, should I say, because we are now in the future from that. Yeah. Um, I think it was either uh, during during Walt Simonson's run or just after he, to hide his identity, he went by the name of Sigurd Jolson. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't follow Thor, so. Ah, okay. Yeah. Because, of course, he couldn't use the, he wasn't going to use the Don Blake thing anymore. So he called himself Sigurd Jolson. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. And here the trawler is carries the same name. Mm. Yeah. And they've just fished out Angel from the sea. Because, of course, in the previous issue, we last saw him flying off into the storm, didn't we? We did. He was chasing after Avia. For Avia, and that was the last we saw of him. So, And there yeah. they are. They, they found them both. Yeah, they ended up in the sea, and they found them. And that brings us to the end of the issue. Yeah. What do you think of the issue overall? Pretty good. It's, as I say, it's setting up uh, one or two different scenarios. Well, well several, three, yeah. <laughs> three or four, even, yeah. We've Actually, got yes. Two. We've got Iceman and what's going to happen with Lycos. We've got Candy Southern with Professor X. We want to know more about what's going on there. Of course, we've got the the X-Men, uh, well, Gene and Cyclops and Hank. We find out what happens to them. We're introduced to a new baddie in the form of Deluge, and they get caught by him, so they're in trouble and yeah we found out where angel and avia finished up but we don't know what's going to happen to them next so lots to lots to get ready to buy the next issue for yeah you can't leave it here sort of thing you've got to keep buying it (laughs) just as a matter of interest at the bottom of the final page do you see after it says pat next power play 
And then it says 2DL-Q2AT. Yes, I did see that. Any yeah, idea I what that... I don't. <laughs> what that refers to? No, I was trying to think of what, what could DL and QAT mean, and then I thought, oh, maybe I'm trying too hard. <laughs> maybe it doesn't mean anything that we need to know about. Yeah. 2DLQ2AT. Yeah, I I don't know what that is at all. Mm. And then a dedication, of course, to Aurora's own big daddy, Dave Cochran. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the issue is dedicated to him. Nice to see that. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, if anybody does know what 2DL-Q2AT could mean, let us know. Please do. I'd be, be great. interested to know if it's anything connected to the story or or not. Mm. Yeah, great. Now, the one thing, the one thing that I I didn't like then, and I'm kind of finding it a little bit annoying, is just we have five stories going on. Yes, and we keep flipping from one page thing here to one or two pages and back to another page or this mm -hmm. page. So I, how do you find that type of storytelling in this format? Um, well, I thought that he, he Burns started doing this before we got X-Men Hidden Years. So I, I was kind of used to it okay. because when I felt that when I was reading Name or Submariner, that was a bit like this. It wasn't quite as frantic. You know, it didn't flick about quite so much. But there were still a lot of plots and subplots in there that kept introducing a little bit more to you each issue. So, you know, his writing was already starting to go that way. I know what you mean about, yeah, at the time, it, yeah, it could have been a bit frustrating because you think, oh, my God, you know, I'm... I'm if they if they introduce as much more, I'm really going to be <laughs> confused. Yeah. yeah, I won't know which way to turn, sort of thing, because everything's happening at once. And I and I and I understand why he he has to do it that way because he's introduced people or the characters and so many. He separated them out and put yes. them in so many different situations. We've got Alex and Lorna in one situation. We've got. Bobby and another we've got at first we had them separated but now we've got Cyclops and Jean back together with Beast yeah. and now we've got Angel hanging out there it's and then you want to introduce the subplot with Andy mm. I just always felt it was a little bit too too many different subplots but mm. but you'll probably yeah. tie them you know we'll see how yeah. they tie together I meant to say it's kind of like well, looking at the X, the, the main X-Men anyway, if we just ignore Candy Southern for a moment, it's almost like they're all following the same journey, for want of a better word. But 
at different times, aren't they? Because, you know, we've got like, say, Hank and Jean and Scott, uh, they're sort of, and Warren, they're sort of up front, they're leading the, the story as to where they are right now. Like they've left the savage land and new things are happening to them. And then you've got, but then you've got Havoc and Lorna who came in after them looking yeah. for them, but now they've gone. It's like they keep missing one another. Yeah. <laughs> like ships that pass in the night kind of thing. Or <laughs> yeah, the, they've just missed the bus. So Havoc and Lorna are there now, but the X-Men have moved on. And then you've got Iceman who's just arrived. So he's sort of coming after Havoc and Lorna, but they don't know he's there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they're all chasing one another kind of thing around the world. <laughs> yeah. Seems. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you just think, well, you know, when, when are they going to meet up? <laughs> when are they going to get together? But don't you think that this is like, it's shades of what he did back with Claremont in the X-Men when they got separated after the battle with Magneto. Yeah, and most of the X-Men went to the Savage Land, but Hank and Gene, they escaped onto the surface. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. it took the X-Men a while to get back home, didn't it? They went via Japan and they had an they had an adventure there and and then they went on and then they met Alpha Flight. And all these things happened to them as they journeyed around, slowly getting back to America. Right. Well, this is like have... this is like that, but in a in, well, a, we have in a bigger more, way. Yeah. More fractured stories. So yeah. 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 So they were kind of dabbling with that sort of thing then in the X Men. Yeah. I thought at that time, anyway. And they didn't get back together until was it something like issue one two five? Mm, one two four one yeah something one, two, somewhere four, around one, there. One two five yeah where they started to when they got into the Proteus story that's when they all came back together again more or less. Right. Okay. And that's what it reminds well that's what it reminds me of yeah. But yeah, good issue. Um, fabulous artwork. I'm a really, I really like the artwork in this, in this comic, in this title. Because I know not not everybody does. You know, I I see comments now and again on Facebook and that where they they say that you know this is not Burns' best period, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but I like this art inked by Tom Palmer. I do too. Yeah, mm, mm. and with the Neil, and with the sort of Neil Adams style. Mm. So no, no, yeah. yeah, no complaints from me on the artwork at all. I think it's pretty nice. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. All right. Okay. You want to issue? So yeah, Certainly. shall we move on to the next issue? Let's See do. what's going to happen. So 
This is X-Men The Hidden Years number seven, cover dated June of 2000. And so other works by Bourne that came out at the same time. We have Spider-Woman, volume three, number 12. And Amazing Spider-Man, volume two, number 18, which is also the last issue that Byrne drew on that title. From, from issue 19, I think Eric Larson took over as the artist. Mm. So that's Byrne's last uh, artwork on Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2. And I'm assuming Marvel The Lost Generation, then number nine, also came out that month. Because I believe they were, count, they were going backwards, weren't they? They were. They started with 12 and they yeah. went down. Yeah, so it would be Marvel Lost Generation number nine was also on sale June 2000, written by Byrne. Let me just get my... I've not even got it out of the bag yet. Shocking. <laughs> Storm Surge, yes. And the usual team... Uh, written, drawn, and lettered by John Byrne. Tom Palmer is the inker. Greg Wright, the colorist. Jason Liebig, editor. Bob Harris, editor-in-chief. And the cover. Let's have a look at the cover. With a storm surge, it says. And we've got a very menacing-looking deluge confronting Aurora on the cover. This almost looks like it's taken from the last issue, yeah? When she came face-to-face -face with him and he overpowered her. And, of course, we've got the beasts holding the unconscious Cyclops and Marvel Girl on the ground looking up at what's happening there as they sort of fight in a lightning crackle between them. Mm. Quite a powerful cover. What did you think of the cover? I think it's a great cover. I like yeah. the the having the two up front like that. And, uh, and then, of course, in the background, everyone's just kind of hanging there. It really puts the the uh, the two characters, you know, Aurora and Deluge, right up front. Yep. Uh, yeah. The, I think the, the 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 Storm Surge title is for me is a tad too big. I don't think it needs to be that big, <laughs> uh, so that we could give more space to the to the cover work, which is so nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It's a it's an interesting. It's yeah, a good yeah. cover. Yeah. The, so we can make it easy to find the hidden number. <laughs> Is it easy? If, the, if the lettering was uh, smaller it might make it easier no it, it's actually it's the number is way away from the the, the <laughs> word storm surge in this case so it's not a problem and uh, do you know where the number is here again i don't know there no. i 
kind of think it's like down below the, I found a, what looks like a three down oh, okay. below Marvel Girl. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Kind of right to the right of the barcode. Uh, right. But I couldn't see a, anything that I could identify as a seven. So I was like, okay, that can't be it. Mm-hmm. My thought was I focused on the grass. Yeah, because I thought well, those are perfect ways to hide. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. numbers. But uh, yeah, I've looked at those grassy kind of parts of the backgrounds till I go cross-eyed. But I'm pretty sure there's no numbers in in this one anyway in the grass. Yeah. So then I tried to. I, I didn't see anything obvious on Deluge's body. Oh, okay. But this was another difficult one that okay. i didn't find that i didn't find bad. anything for a long long time okay um or not what i was convinced about anyway i did see something and i thought oh but i wasn't convinced but in the end i'm still not 100 percent about this one mm-hmm. but i can't find anything else so again i'm saying like this must be it Look at Deluge's head. There's a definite three on the, on his head. Okay, I see if that. You turn it sideways, yeah, you can see it. The only thing is, if the other marks on his face, be it the one below his left eye or the one that goes like over his eyebrow above, if they're supposed to be the seven, then there's your 73, which is what we're looking for. Can, but if it do. is, it's not a very convincing seven. That's yeah. the only thing that makes me think, am I right? Yeah. But there's nothing else. I've scoured this many times and I can't see anything else that looks anything like 73 only there on his head. So I'm going with that. Well, I think that, that well, the three is obvious. Yeah. It seems obvious, yes. And I think that the seven is the smaller one underneath his left eye. Although that seems to go into like a cheek type shape. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I was thinking of. Which is a bit off-putting. But then it could be the other one, I guess, that goes across his forehead but then just curls down. That could also be taken as a seven, but it's not a very convincing one. Mm-hmm. I agree mm-hmm. with you. But that's as good as it gets. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't find anything else. And the three seems so obvious that it must be. Either that or it's a, it's a decoy. Mm, but I can't find. <laughs> well, we'll ask our readers, do you have yeah. an idea of where the 73 is? Mm. Uh, please share that in comments. Yeah, if anyone has any alternative ideas yep. about the 73, Love. let us know. Otherwise, I'm going with on the head of Deluge. Yeah. There you go. Mm. Okay. And so the title actually inside on page one is Power Play, as it said it was at the end of the previous issue. And again, I am using Marvel Wiki for the synopsis because it's a pretty good in-depth synopsis, this actually. So here we go. Continued from last issue. 
Beast, Marvel Girl, Aurora, and the unconscious Cyclops are tied to stakes in a dry riverbed that is rapidly flooding thanks to Deluge taking over the storm that Aurora created. As the water goes over their heads, Deluge taunts Aurora about the irony of their situation before flying off, leaving them to die. As the four mutants are submerged, Jean knows she is the only one who can save them using her powers. She telekinetically lifts Cyclops's head and opens his ruby quartz visor, but realizes then that he is unconscious. His eyes are closed, and so his optic blasts will not happen. She considers using her telekinesis to open his eyelids, but is scared to tear their delicate flesh. She then has an idea, and suddenly an optic blast bursts out of Cyclops' eyes, destroying the dam that is keeping the water in the riverbed. As the waters subside, Beast recovers from the electrical blast Deluge had earlier incapacitated him with and uses his strength to free himself and the others from their bonds. When Aurora asks how Cyclops's blast freed them when he was insensate, Jean reveals that she used her telepathy to take control of Cyclops's motor functions, even though she disliked such an invasive use of her power. As the storm rages into a frenzy at Deluge's doing, the mutants muse over what his motivation is. Meanwhile, in the Savage Land, Iceman regains consciousness as Carl Lycos looks on. In a hut left behind by a dead German expeditionary team, Elsewhere in the Savage Land, Kazar recovers from having had a rock thrown at him by one of the refugee natives he, Havoc and Lorna Dane have discovered, all refugees from the Nugari. When the natives intimidated by one of Havoc's concussive force blasts, one of the native women reveals to them that many of them are hundreds of years old. Beast, Jean and Storm talk about Deluge's power and deduce that he draws energy from his surroundings and amplifies it. And Beast says that Jean's earlier trick may have given him an idea about how to beat Deluge. But first, they have to find him. Deluge, meanwhile, glorying in the storm he is amplifying, Muses about his origins. He was born in a tribal village, but was cast out because of his unusual skin pigmentation. Running away, he happened upon a Western expedition, and after being captured by them, they decided they had to keep him with them for fear he'd reveal their presence to the villagers. Staying with the expedition, he learned English. When he came down with appendicitis, he was taken to the Western world, where he was treated and found out the man behind the expedition came from a similar village to his. Arguing with the man about the ethics of his work, Deluge's mutant power manifested for the first time, 
killing the man. Running away, Deluge practiced with his powers in the wild, before coming across Aurora and hijacking the storm she created. As Deluge gloats about his eventual triumph, he is confronted by Aurora, who tells him all the wrongs he has suffered are his own fault. While Aurora distracts Deluge, Beast and Jean carry Cyclops into position, and Jean expresses her distaste with using Cyclops as a tool and wonders if Aurora has sufficient control to enact their plan. Jean telepathically cues Aurora, who strikes at Deluge with her power, stunning him. Linked to her telepathically, Beast tells Aurora to shape the water droplets in the air into the shape he is thinking of, and a concentrated shaft of sunlight from above the storm focuses on them through the droplets. Jean opens Cyclops' eyes so that a solar-powered optic blast hits Deluge, who gleefully soaks up its power. Drunk on the power, Deluge realises too late that he is overloading and apparently explodes. Aurora dissipates the storm with her power, while Beast explains that the water droplets worked as a lens so that Cyclops would be recharged. Wondering whether Deluge is gone for good, Aurora says they must be vigilant for his return before she flies away. Cyclops regains consciousness, asking who Aurora is, and Beast says she's a mutant who they should tell Professor X about. But Jean tells them the Professor already knows about Aurora. The three of them prepare to travel home, while wondering what happened to Angel. Out at sea on the trawler, Sigurd Jarlson, the crew wonder what to do with the unconscious Angel and Avia, who they fished out of the sea. One of the men says he knows a circus that would pay a fortune for them. After a long journey, Cyclops, Beast and Jean return to the school for gifted youngsters, only to find it dark with no power and the front door open. Seeing a female figure, Cyclops attacks, causing her to defend herself. And when Beast enters the fray, a rocky figure punches him. Before the fight can escalate, the room is lit with a flame and a man calls a halt to the hostilities, revealing that the figures are Mr. Fantastic, the Human Torch, the Thing and Crystal. The Fantastic Four. To be continued. Wow. Yeah. Oh. And that is the end of that episode. Yeah. And next, Shadow on the Stars. Mm. So, <laughs> quite a lengthy synopsis, but... Well yeah. in depth there. Very well in depth. Cover the whole story. Mm. What are some highlights for you? Highlights. Well, um, of course, 
To begin with, just as I opened the comic originally, I was taken aback because I thought, oh, we saw them submerged underwater at the end of issue six. And here, they're still tied to their stakes. And the water's, yeah, coming in the fast. It's kind of rushing around them, but they haven't actually been covered with the water yet. So they've mm -hmm. gone back a few se uh, seconds. Yeah. And so we get a page well, half a page where they have not been covered by the water. And then, of course, it recaps and uh, they are now underwater. Holding their breath. Holding their breath, yeah, while Jean decides. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't actually drown because. Yeah, because she lifts his head and his mouth appears to be opening. Mm. Oh. But then, of course, she takes control of him and he fires and that blasts out the dike and yeah, the water runs away again. Mm. So it was a quick escape really. Yes. I mean, you see that's it. Yeah. As you said before, a classic deluge and left them to die. He didn't even wait to make sure that they were going to die. Did he? Right. After leaving them in that Batman type trap as they do, the villain runs away and uh, yeah, they were able to escape <laughs> as a result of that. Yes. Uh, one thing that struck me as I was reading the synopsis on the page where we see Carl Lycos and Bobby with the skeletons of a failed expedition. Indeed. This, these two must be the same two people that Deluge ran into when he ran away as a boy. I think mm. I didn't make the connection at first, but then just now, as I was reading the synopsis, I thought, hang on a minute. There was two of them and uh, yeah, they must be the remains of those two expeditionaries. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't yeah. make that connection. Yeah. And then of course, yeah, we do find out on the next page what happened when Havoc let loose with his power defending Kazar. He just kind of disrupted the ground a bit looking at that, unless they were they already standing on a slightly higher um, level. Maybe they were actually. Um but everybody's sort of being blown over. The the refugees are kind of in the process of getting up again or groveling around on the ground, aren't they? But nobody appears to be hurt. Mm. Yeah. And that's when one or two of them say, yes, they have, they do know who they've heard of Kezar, but because they were enslaved in the city, they never had chance to meet him. And that some of them have been there yeah, a long time. So long they were time. there before Kezar. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And then we get, sorry. I'm going to just back up real quick. I found yeah, it yeah. interesting that, Kazar just left the bodies at the table, the skeletons. <laughs> Didn't bury them or take them out. He's just hanging out there with two skeletons. Oh, you mean Lycos? Or Lycos, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Crazy. Interesting stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably why I didn't make the connection at first. Um, yeah. They appear to be, well, he said, they appear to be Nazis, don't they? 
Because well, if you look at that panel higher up where Lycos and Bobby's yeah. just waking up, you can see the swastika on a box at the mm -hmm. back there. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, it, was, it seems like it's from that. So it might not have been the same expedition. It might not have been the same one. one. But, but a good thought about it. Yeah. Because then we move right into Deluge's origin story. Yes, yeah. Mm. And it, you see the expeditionaries, they were, it was a man and a woman. Mm. And yeah. they don't and, appear, they don't appear to be wearing the same type of shorts either. If you. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And they don't appear to be looking at that other, Yeah, actually, looking at that other panel again, yeah, where Lycos is with the skeletons. Yeah, it's not them. No, because they're wearing different types of shorts. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not them. These are Nazis, and the, ex the other expeditionaries are something, uh, well, well after that. Mm. Yeah. And so we find out, yeah, he ran away and then he got appendicitis. That was a bit unfortunate, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. So he gets helicoptered away to uh, more civilization, shall we say, where he goes to hospital and gets some treatment. And gets better. I got better. Yeah, he gets I better. better. And then yeah. he comes. Yeah, he confronts the doctor and says he's from the same village. And he gets angry, and his power kills the doctor. So he runs away in panic, but starts playing about with his powers. Yeah, finding out what he can do, and then hijacks Stor uh, Aurora's storm. <laughs> and that leads good. into a, a nice couple of pages of some good uh, scenes here of battles and working together to take care of them. Mm. And this also, uh, you know, after they developed their plan on how they were going to take him out uh, and uh, on pages or the pages were a couple following, it definitely yeah. reminds me of the, the Xenox aliens battle. And then when they were later, when they were on the Krakoa, you know, how they teamed up to, use their powers in conjunction with each other right yeah uh, in order to to defeat the uh, the antagonist uh -huh. mm. yeah they have this yeah beast has his plan yeah using cyclops <laughs> yeah and uh yeah and she and goes they, in and yeah, yeah and, and i like the way that he doesn't kind of he doesn't actually disclose what the plan is as such. We have to wait and follow it along bit by bit. Yeah. You know, he doesn't explain how he's going to use Cyclops and what will happen. Yeah, so we we are sort of uh, waiting for what you know what's going to happen next. Aurora attacks uh, Deluge, and then they're like waiting. And the sun shines through onto Cyclops, which is sort of re rejuvenating his power. Yeah, yeah, no, that was an interesting, yeah, for me, an interesting way to bring that about. Mm. Like that. And then, of course, Cyclops fires his eye beams, 
Well, Gene fires. Well, Gene, them. yeah, Gene helps them to, <laughs> to fire off, yeah, by opening his eyes. And uh, this guy just bathes in the uh, in the power and thinking he's getting stronger and stronger. Mm. So like a balloon, he gets too much. Yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, I was a bit surprised by that, actually, uh, when I first read it. I thought, oh, and then all of a sudden... He like realizes, oh, I can't take any more, and then pow, that's it. He sort of explodes, and I thought that would have been too easy. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you know, John Byrne is probably often created just something for the story, and he really mm -hmm. doesn't have an intent to yeah, yeah, keep to keep going. Yeah. Sort of like Alpha Flight. Yeah, and, and of course. Yeah, I was going to say, with this kind of a defeat where someone appears to explode, but when they have the powers of, you know, uh, using different energies, they can always be brought back. You know, oh, they can sort yeah. of like be living in the ether somewhere as, as something different and then <laughs> the body can be brought back together again when when it suits the writer whoever yeah right but yeah, yeah for yeah. all intents and purposes for now he seems to have gone mm. yeah and then uh, of course uh, cyclops wakes up and they're going to figure out we've got a long journey home yeah, I don't know how they got out of Africa with no passports, money, IDs, <laughs> or anything like that. That's um, true. Yeah, well, I guess yeah. Professor has a good uh, network established. Yeah. Just a phone call away, maybe. And yeah. Aurora just sort of takes off quickly after that, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah she kind it's, of just like, okay, you're on your own. Yeah, it's like, oh well, okay, thanks. We've got rid of him. Bye. <laughs> and we'll just have to make you know. Keep a lookout for Deluge in case he comes back, and that's it. Yeah. I'm off. Yeah, that plot or that storyline concluded yeah. pretty much. But but that's that's good because yeah, we don't want Storm to be too involved at this stage. So yeah, that part over. That's it for Storm for now. Yeah, and then we're back to the. Again, Robinson, and yeah. I was just going to say the artwork on that last page there before we shift to Sigurd Jarlson. I like the where Cyclops is, you know, coming round and um, the facial features really on all of them, yeah. And Hank's kind of happy to see that Cyclops is waking up again, and yeah. And he drew Cyclops. Uh, you can tell how much he's drawing him more like a thinner guy. Yeah. Not quite as muscular as he was eventually made in <clears throat> yeah. later years. <laughs> mm. we, we get we get more of a probably what he thought they should be like uh, based on their powers and their. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, makes more sense, I guess. Yeah. Yep. And then, as you say, Back to the Sigurd Jarlson. Yeah. And they're and thinking, what, oh, excuse what, me. <clears throat> like down there on the bottom, that's Boomerang, the Flash's um, villain on the left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Looks a bit like, uh, yeah. 
the DC boomerang, Cap- Captain yeah. Boomerang, isn't it, that they call the DC. Yeah. yeah. Always thought his costume was, well, in in Legends, anyways, where I first came across that Captain Boomerang, I always thought his outfit was a bit lame. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it I looks look... like Warren is quite awake there. It yes. looks like his eyes are open. He's like, oh, what? Yeah. yeah. His eyes are open. He just can't talk because he's gagged. Yeah, I and can't Avia, tell about Avia may be just opening her yep. right eye a little. It looks like it's... Uh, mm. Yeah. But just a little one-page transition there, and then we're back at the mm. mansion. Yeah, back to... Yeah, do you notice how long it took them to get back? Yeah, in, I the, see in the synopsis, it just says... Uh, after a long journey. Yeah, no, 75 hours. 75 hours. So it took them just over three days to get back to the mansion. Mm. So we've lost three days there in just a flick of the page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I imagine sure. getting from wherever Aurora's village yeah. was to... Mombasa or uh, probably Mombasa is the biggest city that would have an airport. Uh, so, yeah. And then getting home. Yeah. And then they have to fly home. So that's another 15 or so hours or more. And presumably they had no money. They didn't have much in the way of clothing anymore, did they? Well, not Gene and Hank anyway. <laughs> Cyclops yeah, has still got his costume on. But yeah. yeah, the others. Had, I imagine yeah. the professor wired them something somewhere and got oh, them sorted yeah. out. Mm. But it wasn't, wasn't home when they got there. Yeah, they returned to a darkened mansion with the door yeah, unlocked. Mm. Yeah. And for all the security, they just have an unlocked door. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, the power is out, though, it says. Yeah, Gene says the power is out. Mm. And then, of course, intruder. Who's this? And another Star Wars reference. Oh? You see it this time? <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> I have a bad feeling about this, yeah. And it's in quotes, so it definitely is a def- yeah. definite reference. But yeah, there we go. And then we get a really wonderful couple set of pages. And then, yeah. Ending in the final page. A with bit of fight in the darkness. Yeah, we really don't know who this still is yet. And they're fighting back. And then, of course, we see that rocky arm. There's a good clue. Yeah. It's either the thing or the super scroll. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then they all charge forward, but then, whoa, all of a sudden, flame and a rubbery form blocking their way. And there it is. They are confronting the FF. Mm. Yeah, this is this is really nice. I, I think I liked, I, if I recall correctly, I think the appearance of the FF during this was one of my favorite parts of Hidden Years. Right. And it also was an X-Men Elsewhere. I enjoyed mm-hmm. when the F the Fantastic Four yes. was a big part of that. Uh, yeah, with the Sentinels. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Well, everybody was in that, weren't they? The Avengers were in there too. As yeah, well. everyone was. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. So FF, but yeah. why? Why? Why is the FF here? Mm. Yeah, and of course, what's happening to Angel, Bobby, mm. Alex, and Lorna? <laughs> We've still got. And where's Bobby the professor? And where's the professor gone with Candy Southern? Yeah. Oh, maybe they're on a beach somewhere. <laughs> mm. So lots to still. Get ready for the next issue for. Well, overall, I think it was a, a, a good action-packed story for introducing a character that was not part of the regular time when we, you know, from yeah. the era, introducing a completely new character. I think he did a good job. And I did pull up a little bit about Deluge, not much, but it did show yeah. that he did show up again. So ah. someone did find out how to okay. reconstitute yeah. his atoms. Uh, where did he show up? Did uh, what, uh, later what it was, was I've I closed the page down, but it was in uh, later X Men somewhere oh, in, along a, in the X Men again. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I just wondered which book he reappeared in. Yeah, okay. So someone tapped into that. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, overall, yes, I thought good. it was an interesting. A good run. Yeah, it was a good two-parter, that, yeah. And uh, I, I liked the way that they brought Storm into it there. Mm. Because, yeah, as we know, Professor X was already aware of, of her. So, and it makes me wonder, I'm just sort of like floating on ahead a bit here, but... Uh, um, if Byrne had been able to do more of this title, I often wonder if he might not have introduced one or two of the other new X-Men as well. Nightcrawler yeah. or Colossus. That's well, possible. He might have. I mean, we'll I never know. But yeah. yeah, I wonder if he had plans to perhaps... Uh, show them, especially as the story by then would have been getting nearer to coming up to the Krakoa time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. We'll, yeah. We'll never know. <laughs> oh, well, that's it. Great yeah. stuff. Interesting. Any other thoughts on uh, either of the two issues for you? Not really. Uh, just that yeah, I enjoyed them. The artwork, yeah, as ever, is fabulous, in my opinion, anyway. And yeah, yeah, it, I, I think the artwork overall was very good. I really yeah. like Palmer's. I'll say it again. I like Palmer's inks over it because it definitely yeah. gives it that yeah. period appropriate feel, mm -hmm. which is nice. And I'm and I'm enjoying it more. I think reading them for a second time, because really, yeah, X Men Hidden Years is one of those. I bought them all, and I thought they were great. I only read them once, really, and then put them away for ages. <laughs> yeah, me too. And never really looked at them. Except to try and find the hidden numbers on the covers. That's the only reason I used to get them out. I didn't wow. actually go into reading the stories. I was just looking for those numbers. Um, yeah. Well, 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 for 
folks who are listening to this, of course, you're telling them where the numbers are, but I was going to say that, you know, maybe the looking for the hidden numbers would be a good way to stave off Alzheimer's, you know, like when you cross with <laughs> Gets frustrating though, when you can't find them. <laughs> that, that it does. I, I was getting frustrated. I was like, okay. And then, you, and then you, you start to see things that are probably not even there. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I was going to point that out in uh, it, looking back to issue six, the cover of number six. Uh, I started to see letters in the, in the, in the ground. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've got the cover there again in front of you, you see just to the right of beasts hand, the one that he's got on the floor on the, on the ground itself, just to the right of his hand, I can see an F, a J, an O. Mm, yeah, I can <laughs> and I don't know that. whether it's just me that's going crazy from looking at, or can you see? <laughs> well, you know, we and know I'm, that, sh- I'm sure you know. they're not meant to be letters. It's just the way he drew those lines for yeah. the, the uneven ground. But I'm beginning to see, you see, words and things. <laughs> well, it would not be beyond um his yeah i know yeah practice because he has put other things in, mm. in backgrounds and hidden stuff so yeah uh, it is possible that there might be something in there that we don't know <laughs> if yeah. he decided to do that but yeah all right well, great well this was fun yeah and uh, next next time we will be doing issues eight and nine eight and nine yep yeah. And finding out, uh, yeah, what what's happening with the why are the Fantastic Four there? Yeah, sounds great. And as you say, what's happening to everybody else who's still in the Savage Land or adrift on a boat or just disappeared? Hmm. <laughs> well, we invite our listeners who are enjoying this with us to leave feedback, give us some ideas, thoughts. And of course, listen to some of the other shows from Third Degree Burn. We've got some fun stuff. We have, yeah. Indeed. And look for Nigel's upcoming project, whatever that will be. (laughs) Tease, tease. Yeah, yeah. The name all is getting towards the close now. Mm. Yeah, I think they just posted the last episode. Or will. Really? Yeah. Oh. Or else it's close. You're right. Yeah, I'm going to say the last I listened to 19 and 20 were they they brought that out the other week. Oh, okay. So I'm so they've, they've still got there's another five issues then I think to be actually put out there. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thanks Nigel. Yeah, that's been good. I've enjoyed that. We'll get back with you soon. We'll have a lot of fun with the next couple issues. Yeah, we'll look forward to the next issues. So until then, thanks for listening. And I'm Nigel Spink. And I'm John Hyatt. Bye-bye. The time has come. Release the Weather Witch. Allow me to help you. You are now free, Weather Witch. 
You are no longer food for Sauron. You can revel in the power of the elements. Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S.com. Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and Burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gottagetburned at gmail.com. That's G-O-T-T-A-G-E-T-B-Y-R-N-E-D at gmail.com. Drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. Till next time, this has been Third Degree Burn. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn.